Beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop. Hi, I'm Grant. And I'm Dimitri. And welcome to Socks Talk, the podcast exclusively about socks, the cat from Lightyear, and to justify my $400 purchase of a life-size socks toy. Today, we're joined with professor and marketer extraordinaire, Ed Collins. Hey, hey, how's it going, everybody? So I didn't realize this is literally... Socks talk. Yes. You're talking about the cat. You have a whole podcast on the cat. Yes, because Grant <laughs> bought the super fancy schmancy $400 socks toy that I'm oh sure he'll send you like a, a picture of if he hasn't already. Oh, let, let, let me send you a picture right now. Right now he's That's all funny. decked out in like Hawaiian gear. He's oh wearing like two lays and some pineapple sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. We That's like awesome. to dress him up. Well, I guess it's better if you have a podcast than when you have guests over. They don't think that you're as crazy as they might think, right? It's like, no, no, this is all a marketing thing. It settles them. Because normally they get on edge and then I'm like, no, it's for a podcast. And they're like, that's at least kind of reasonable, I guess. (laughs) So Ed, what are your socks thoughts? I thought that that character was interesting. I did a little bit of research too. And what I found was they initially planned on that being a monkey. Mm -hmm. And the producers felt like a monkey's not that funny. And (laughs) a cat that's got four paws is much funnier. I guess that's up for interpretation. I tell you, and I thank God every day that that socks are a cat and not a monkey. I couldn't yeah. imagine it. I, I, I wouldn't be here talking to you today if it was. I'm right. pretty certain. See, I'm not that's so certain. <laughs> right. But so, Ed, just picture a chimp in a white yep. void. Tell me that's not funny. Yeah, no, I think a chimp's pretty funny, but the cat, I think the cat was fine. It was cool. I, I, listen, I, I think the perspective on this thing, it's, a, it's a primarily a kid's movie, and I think they did a pretty good job in bringing lots of different attributes to it that kids will find interesting and entertaining and the cat is one of those and i thought it was cute and relatable for kids socks is a hit with kids i have a 10 year old brother and i tried watching it with him <laughs> and you know what like socks plugs in socks does his stuff and you know it, it'll uh-huh. have grant hooting and hollering on the couch <laughs> but nary a, a titter from my brother he just wasn't oh, interested oh, and almost like you know interesting what? I, I think maybe socks is too sophisticated for his palate <laughs> maybe uh, uh, maybe but we need more like children on it's, it's tough to get them <laughs> right but well, that's a good point. You can get some up. kids feedback on this. Thing. <laughs> that's exactly. true. Our, uh, our Pasca, Derek Ortega, he <laughs> teaches summer camp. So, so he said he's going to lay it for his kids. They're on like 11 years old. There in a go. prime yeah. light year area. Friend of the right. show, Joe, last name, oh, right, from yeah. uh, the What the Hell Happened to Them podcast, uh-huh. he took his daughter to see it. Big Sox fan. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, good for her. She has taste. It's like kicks. Definitely mother approved and child approved in that case. Yeah, so I thought it was cool. I liked it. What are your thoughts on the movie in general? I thought the movie was pretty good. First of all, the animation is amazing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you forget it's even animation. You know, I put myself into 10 or 11 or 12-year-old Ed mode, and I would <laughs> say I was I really dig that film. It was high energy, a lot of action, you know, from start to finish. And I think if I was looking for that kind of a film, I would have loved it. I'm not sure about the choice on the voices but um, <laughs> but it, it turned out well some of the things i liked about the film i thought I, I think what's going on in films now is there's a good there's a broad representation of people this one definitely had that it had different types of people in it different ages male female had all kinds of different things going on there and i kind of talked to some people about the film too just to get their perspective on it including my daughters i have three daughters that are 23 27 and 30 and this diversity thing and having representation is really important to them. It, and I, I don't mean just them, but their age and their peers and their, you know, their demographic. I think you know, we're talking about 
having different kinds of characters that are not traditional standard Disney issue. And I think that's important. And again, I have three daughters, so characters that are female empowered. I love that. And I try to raise my girls that way. So when I see it in the films and, you know, you can be as, what do they call them? The, the star. The space what, rangers. The space rangers. <laughs> and then the granddaughter grows up and, you know, sees the statue of her grandmother and kind of like, hey, grandma, I made it. You know, that's cool. I dig that. That and, is a great or if you're, at the end. This movie is so diverse that a supporting character is a geriatric, essentially. She's, right. They're hitting all sorts of races. They're also hitting all sorts of age groups. Yeah. They're even hitting it's cats. Probably, but listen, all kidding aside on that, that's an important issue. So we as a society, we don't respect our elders the way other societies do. And we should. So having some folks up there, an older woman who's, you know, kind of a badass. It's not like, well, old ladies need to be represented in a film because old ladies are going to be watching this. But when you see a seven-year-old kid seeing older people in a film you know hopefully we're teaching those kids we should respect everybody and back to your question i thought the film was was good but i have to ask your thoughts mm-hmm. on the zerg twist okay um i have to admit i i fast forwarded through a little bit of it so what is that part uh that's when the, <laughs> <laughs> that's when the, the big purple robot is revealed to be also buzz oh yeah yeah, pretty funny. <laughs> the storyline of this film being the impetus for, for the um, Buzz doll for Andy. I thought it was brilliant. I love do it. love that premise. I think it's just such yeah. a solid jumping off point. Yeah. So tell me about your perspective on socks. Why are you guys fired up about it? Well, here's the thing that we have to get right off the bat. Grant's fired up about it. I'm here okay. so he doesn't you do like it socks. I've grown appreciative of socks. You know, he, He's like a fine one. <laughs> he is. He was kind of, I know, our topic this week is marketing so the marketing kind of had me on socks that was about all they had me on and i was like oh he looks fun the end tag of the trailer is socks doing the white noise a classic bit right right. every time in the theater oh my god that got my butt Actually, I did not see it in theaters. It didn't get my butt in the seat, but That's it got right. my butt in the seat. It got Grant's butt in the seat more than a few times to tell me about it. And then I'm like, okay. That's funny. I've been a big Pixar guy my whole life. Mm-hmm. So it's like hearing the premise that you mentioned, like that it's going to be the movie that Andy saw. I was very interested. The sock thing I just thought was very funny. And mm-hmm. I like the story behind how they came up with sock specifically as a cat where it's like they're like we got to come up with a cute name for a cute animal sidekick and then one of the guys is like what if we called it socks and then we spelled it with an x so it's like spacey and that in the design he can have like white booties on his feet like cats do oh there you go right (laughs) And i'm like you know what that's fun that's cute i'm in also i like that he talks very calmly and he has good diction Um, so the other thing on socks sox pixar always has things in there that are appealing to adults right so sox is chicago white socks and the boston (laughs) red socks so there's probably something familiar for dads that are coming in taking their kids to the film too (laughs) let me tell you nothing shocked me more when I was uploading the first episode of Socks Talk and I realized there were eight other podcasts called Socks Talk all related to the white or red socks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, funny. I never think of how they're spelled. I just assume. You know. Well, it's like their their image is a pair of socks. So you just kind of assume it's the other way. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think that'll about- transition us nicely into our favorite socks moment. And Ed, you get to name this segment. So, we have two options. One was created by Grant. One was created by me okay is it gonna i have a name i have a name too though but go ahead okay you know what then then again we'll we'll offer up these and then you you bring yours to the table all right all right mine's mine's impromptu too but that's i'm ready go ahead go ahead is is it 
Is it meow moments or okay. the cat's pajamas? Or, or I kind of went right to sock and socks. Like he's punching you in the face. Sock and socks. All right. So hey, let's be all kinds sock of and socks. Oh. So do you want okay. to grant you start okay. us off? I'm still picking mine. All right, so my sock and socks for the week is Buzz just got home from his mission. He opened up Met Socks. They're chatting after, like, Socks offers him a frozen snack cake. Buzz says no because he's got to stay on his nutritional regimen. And, you know, Socks just asked Buzz how his day is. Buzz says thank you because no one's asking that yet. Right. He just got a monologue about how he time traveled. Right. And then Socks just says, you're welcome, Buzz. And I'm like, that's a very <laughs> sweet Socks moment. And as you see here, we get very granular. We right. do. I believe this is episode 13. So, you know, we got to get into the minutia. Exactly. We're, we're going to be doing this into the future. To infinity, Indefinitely. To infinity and beyond, if you will. There you go. So, All right. There we go. Now so, you know, we, we have to get really specific. Mine is one I haven't touched on yet. I was saving it for a different episode, but I'll, I'll use it here. It's when Socks is freshly unboxed. He's at Buzz's feet on the ground. And just the movement of his legs as they kind of walk over the shoe <laughs> and around. And he kind of like, he, he like rubs his body and neck on, the, on his leg and then goes back over. The robotic nature of his movements. Mm -hmm. do, mm -hmm. But like trying to do those like kind of se seamless S-curve cat things <laughs> like that. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's very funny and charming how they mm -hmm. how they pull it off you really immediate, the tone for him you're immediately endeared to socks i like it well all right i'll throw out a scene for me at the end of the film where the the plane's coming in and it's going to crash and they have you know they're coming in too hot and they're trying to go to the air brakes and they have socks come in there and, and he kind of plugs in right <laughs> plugs into the yeah. control panel there and gets everything sort of situated and calmed down and, and they wedge out the air brake i don't even know what an air brake is but uh, <laughs> it, it saved the day so that they didn't the, crash. The big down. pen moment. Mo pulled the big out pen moment, pen right. Saves the day. Right. The moment that I had, had everyone tool. stand and cheer in the theater. <laughs> right. That's a, that's a good socks moment. A socks moment no one has you're ever the, touched on. I believe you're the third person to ever pull a socks moment from the third act. Yeah, third act, you know, wow. fight air for socks moments. It really there is. It's a good mention because also it leads into the, the ending of the movie when he jacks in and is like a main mm -hmm. part of the show. Exactly. For mm -hmm. for late year two. <laughs> Which we, to we'll get it. You. you know it's coming. And I think now it's time for the main topic of the night, the marketing of the film. Ed, you've mm -hmm. been a professional marketer for a bunch of years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly. A very technical term. <laughs> Over 35. Over, Over 35. 35. There you go. Yeah. So, we asked you on as an expert. This movie didn't exactly do well at the box office, sad to say. And we're here for you to evaluate the marketing, give your thoughts on how it was done, maybe why it failed, and how you think they should have approached it. Well, I, I figured you're going to ask me about marketing. So, I did watch the trailers and I did see a lot of the posters and things that uh, they had out to promote the film. And I kind of looked at it with a critical eye. But I have to be honest, I actually thought the stuff was pretty good. So here's the way my brain works. And it's the way I try to teach in advertising and marketing. It all comes down to what your objective is. And unless I exactly know what their objective was in the promotion of the film, it's hard for me to criticize and say it didn't work. So... I, I kind of make some assumptions and maybe I can sort of deconstruct what I think the objectives were and who the target audience is and now having seen the film, what's the storyline of the film? It's a it's a high action film and I thought they did a good job of that. It was wall-to-wall -wall action and that's what the promotion was. But if you're asking me to critique the ads, I would say I don't really even know what the ads were. 
they were just wall to wall action, kind yeah, of a quick mm-hmm. introduction of the characters, and you know, and we're off and running. And if I know Toy Story, and I know Buzz Lightyear, and I know the toys, and I know everything around it, I'm going to want to see that as a kid. I, as a parent, I want to take my kid to that film. How much did the film make? It was on a budget of 150 million dollars, marketing not included. Worldwide, but, we hit 218 million dollars. Okay. okay. So, what would the Pixar film expect to make? See, the the pandemic kind of hurts yeah. us yeah. here in looking right. back at old numbers because I think the last Pixar movie I think to really look at would be Coco. I would, yeah, I'd say Coco because you don't want you don't want to look at like a sequel. But this is this kind of has that bump. This is like so. a weird spinoff though. I think that uh, Ed, when we're talking about the trailers and trying to sell the audience, I think the part that the trailers failed in is communicating that idea that this is the movie Andy watched to people. Mm-hmm. Like, I was working at a movie theater at the time and people would ask me what the movie is and I'd say it's like the movie Andy saw and they'd be like, oh, I had no idea that's what this movie was. And I think mm-hmm. the voice cast not being Tim Allen, people were like, so how, what is this Buzz Lightyear? So it's not yeah. a toy. I think that yeah. threw a lot of people. It's like, yeah, I think it's a good point. I think mm-hmm. a lot of it confused audiences i think like those title cards at the beginning of the movie which set you up so well for what the movie's gonna be i think we needed something like that in the trailer to make it clear that this is not like a direct toy story thing but an idea based off it to something to help the common viewer understand what this is well here's one thing that i think at least i didn't get out of it and i think a a big part of it is for the parents or for an adult or for an older teenager they're gonna come in maybe not quite as much for a kid there's not a lot of character introduction and they're good characters in this film you know but i don't i didn't really get that in the in the ads other than the, the buzz character so. exactly because we were uh because because we just perused them before recording and you know from like an adult going to the theater like i i think the first trailer is like wall-to-wall action and shows some of the really like high level shots uh, mm-hmm. in, in the movie and, and it's like when you see this for two or three seconds and they flash on screen I'm like oh my gosh like like this looks fantastic but and I think like Grant and I's problem with like the last trailer they showed is because the whole plot is in the movie like they have the you've been gone for 68 years and you have the introduction of Mo Darby and Izzy yeah and and, and, and we think like in that one that's like they're, sh- they're kind of like forcing too much of the movie on you in in that 240 like i'd like to see characters and you know like especially izzy who like is, is essentially like uh, like <laughs> the coley exactly exactly like you don't really know who she is i agree like the character introductions are like we want to see more of them and less of like hard spacey plot in numbers <laughs> i know my crowd knows about socks because i exist but like i'm talking about people outside of that people are aware of socks because the marketing does a good job of communicating his character the first First official trailer does that well that's the one with the end tag of the white noise we already mentioned mm-hmm. but like that's a good character moment we understand him and we like him from that I think there's a an art and a science in doing a good trailer and there's enough information to intrigue you but not so much that you're giving everything away I just didn't get enough intrigue for like those cars companies you work for while working mm-hmm. on billboards or like ads in an airport that's distilling your product into one image like movies have to with posters so what did you think of the posters well again I liked them this is where I thought the character draw was pretty good because 
that's what I was seeing is the Lightyear character and it, it just looks so real and really surprised at how good the like emotional reaction facial features were because that's animation oftentimes is really hard to capture that and you're right I mean I think the biggest thing you try to do when you're doing a poster or an outdoor board or even a print ad is if you can do something visually that's not dependent on the headline or the words you've done a really good job I'm trying to think of these posters they didn't really have copy on them at all did they they just kept the title and the, yeah. the date so you're telling a pretty good story there there's a lot going on there um, a lot of visual interest and to me I think what they really smartly did here is they focused a lot on the iconography of Buzz himself so like the first teaser poster it's just the suit so like you get what this is it doesn't even have the title on because you, you know it you know, yeah, the, the title is essentially taking the place on his actual uniform like, on his uniform right so, so right. you have to like look you have to actively engage that's why that poster specifically is like one of my favorites it's definitely like not for kids <laughs> just like to get more of the adult audience on but that's a good point i mean where are they going to be featured they're going to be featured in high transit kinds of areas train stations bus stations outdoor you know places that you're walking kids are not stopping and <laughs> the one that that's the kid the... would stop at is the buzz holding socks with like the hyperspace thing behind you at least uh, in my local theater that was on a big giant cardboard cutout for like people to take pictures with uh -huh, and i know families cool. like doing that so i think this one uh -huh. it's got socks right in center it it's got buzz doing buzz thing i don't how would you describe buzz he thing? is <laughs> staring stoically beyond <laughs> infinity beyond infinity yeah <laughs> where it's like i think this one it's got the thing to engage with your kids specifically to get them to come over and get them to take the photo with it hi editor grind here and i just wanted to pipe in to say after seeing the elemental standees the light year one is terrible they should have made it like a cockpit that a kid could take a photo with like they were flying the ship with buzz like what are we doing it's a bad standee it's just a poster but big back to the show so yeah i, I like these a lot you guys like them uh we like i do <laughs> <laughs> we like most of them like going on like the little more those more specialty ones like the imax the dolby and the 3d mm -hmm. i really like the dolby one which, which is just Buzz in his helmet with, like, one line of light over his eyes. It, it kind of mm -hmm. makes it seem like, uh, <laughs> what we always say, the movie should have been First Man, but animated. Do you know the movie it's, First Man, Ed? Uh, I do, yeah. It's the First Man, but <laughs> yeah. with Buzz Lightyear and animated. So yeah, it's, you know, this weird, funny. like, like it, a hard drama. <laughs> and, and it just some of these posters just kind of look like... This Dolby one looks like it's a hard drama with Buzz dealing with the consequences of being yeah, a strange ranger and yeah, the toll it yeah. takes on. <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying. But, you know, the one above that, too, where he's, he's kind of, like, looking like he's uh, launching. Mm -hmm. or he's that's that's my favorite one. I think that one communicates a lot with a look. Yeah. And, the, like, 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 those purple streaks. So it's oh, it's just like, so cool. Okay. Yeah, like, like cool. That, that would cool. convince me to see it to see it. Yeah, it's it's just really, it's beautiful art. It's really well done. I don't think we've talked about like the normal poster, which is the one with everyone, Mo, Izzy, Darby, and Buzz and Socks running at everyone with Zerg looming mm -hmm. in the background. That gives you what you need to know for the movie. I think it does its mm -hmm. job well. You got the mm -hmm. space in there. It's the, I think it's like one of two posters with Zerg on it. Yeah, looming in the background. <laughs> they, they, they kept them in the same spot for both. <laughs> 
We went to the theaters all the time when this was being advertised, and the poster just boiled down. I didn't realize that Darby and Moe were on it. I totally didn't realize that they marketed those two as, like, full. I guess they're part of the crew. Yeah, but look at, again, what we were talking about earlier, I see a lot of diversity in that. I like that. Well, I'm down at the Andy Experience posters we have here, which are, like, painted art of Andy Mm -hmm. interacting with this movie, Mm -hmm. which I honestly think could have made it the main poster. It communicates the idea of the movie very clearly especially mm-hmm. this bottom one the like, bottom one is andy sitting in the mm-hmm. theater watching it see the, the first one the one where it's andy looking first up, one i'm lost <laughs> like, it's like i am like i am lost but i would almost but like for some reason i feel like this would communicate to me that we're gonna watch that movie about Buzz and Socks. Mm-hmm. Like the one where they had the other Toy Story characters in them. That one always confused me because that one kind of looks the old Toy Story style. So like, I kind of imagine that- They're in it. Exactly. <laughs> if it's just Andy, I can kind of like crop him out in my mind. But if you show me Woody and Rex, <laughs> then I'm going to assume that they're gonna be in the movie, which had to have been- Concerned. Like, I, I think it probably definitely still happened. In a recent article, Pete Doctor, uh, director of Monsters, Inc., Soul, up and Inside Out, who's now the chief creative officer? Yeah, he's basically the head honcho. They were asking him about why he thought Lightyear didn't connect with audiences, like, financially. And he was talking about, he's like, I think just the expectation of when you hear Lightyear, you think of the other Toy Story characters. Mm -hmm. So asking audiences to disconnect their expectations from a Toy Story movie, he's like, I feel like that was a tougher ask than we expect. In your 35 years of marketing and looking at all these trailers and posts, what do you think has changed? So the bottom line is, and I just kind of alluded to it earlier, the world has changed so much in just in the last few years. And the biggest thing is we have gone from an interruption model in advertising where television ads would go during the TV commercial break, you watch the ads, and then you can continue watching the show. That's not the case anymore. People are no longer happy with being interrupted. So the biggest thing we need to learn is how do we tell stories? stories in whatever format we're in. How do we use these different places and these different formats to deliver what people are seeking there and bring a brand message, or in this case, a film message, trying to get you to think feel or do something. You guys know Mr. Beast, right? I'm aware. Okay, so Mr. Beast is YouTube celebrity, is the only way to put it, and he's got 135 million followers. So Mr. Beast has a little cameo, that Super Bowl spot, and if you don't know who he is, you're not even going to know. Well, guess what? I don't know exactly what he did, but I'm guessing that he promoted that Super Bowl spot on Mr. Beast. 135 million people. Mr. Beast himself is bigger than the Super Bowl audience. (laughs) So that's where the world has turned now. We've got individual people that have their own format that they've created that are bigger than the biggest media outlet that we have in the United States of America. It's pretty amazing. And it's so smart on the NFL's behalf to kind of put him in there. That's a lot of what DreamWorks has done. Other animated studios have done it, but DreamWorks has done with their Trolls franchise. They'll hire like up-and-coming social media stars in a lot of the international territories. So instead of, in the U.S. too, but like they'll be like, oh, this tiny voice will give it to this like TikTok star in Canada yep. and then she'll advertise it to her followers. So like she'll like give her like, oh my God, we gave her like four lines in the movie. But her being in it and using her followers, like like the trade-off for that is kind of what they've like found themselves to be using. And I, I find that very fascinating. And I guess it's worked out they're making a third one. I have a, a young woman in one of my classes who's a, an actress and she was talking to me about how oftentimes you get selected 
casted for a role. And one of the major things that producers and filmmakers or TV show um, creators are looking for is your social media following. And I'm not talking about, you know, the number one A stars and that thing, but makes sense, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. you've got 17,000 followers and she's got four and a half million. Hmm. Well, I want to try to get as much promotion as I can for this film. And I know what you're going to be doing with this. And maybe I can incent you to, to do some things with it. And all of a sudden we get this exposure because the media market has fragmented so much. You can't find people. It costs you a jillion dollars to try to aggregate your audience. So you've you... got to use social media. It didn't even cross my mind, that kind of thinking. That's why it's so interesting just how much advertising has changed. And I and I don't even mean, you know, in the last 25 years. I mean in the last five years. All right. Well, you guys have any, like, last we have, questions? We have, we have one more segment, and it's one oh, we do. Okay. question for you, Ed. Okay, let's do it. This is going to be very vague, so take it as you will. <laughs> okay. What is Lightyear? Okay, well... That's a very vague question, right? <laughs> so Lightyear is a it's a character. It's a sci-fi film. It is an animated movie. And I think it's uh, high energy entertainment for kids, I'm going to say from ages 6 to 14. But it's cool. I, I mean, I, I dig it just to kind of wrap it up. I like Toy Story when my kids were little. And that was a tremendous, it has to, everything to do with character development. And Toy Story did a great job at that. I mean, you love these characters, every one of them. That is truly like one of the perfect movies. Like it has that entire ensemble. You know them well and you love them by the end. End of yep. 80 minutes it's yep. so impressive to me yeah and it's a really good point like a really great film you don't want it to end and that's that's one of those films and then there's another one like oh i can't wait for this to come out because i want to go see these characters again yeah i mean it's, i'm just thinking back to toy story about how like genius that it is it's yeah. like you you have existing toys like you have like mr potato head and slinky dog <laughs> toys that exist but then yeah. forever afterwards for every generation it's gonna it's be like, it's, like, yeah, it's like slinky from the to- toy story right mm-hmm. it's like no that right. was mr yeah. potato head whole different property before <laughs> toy story but now it's like that it, it defines it exactly yeah, yeah. like like, like yeah. the movie had the power to re- not only define these new like original buzz, but like mm-hmm. it redefined everything before it's crazy very true and now it's time for our thank yous as we wrap up uh so i'd like to thank izzy hawthorne for saving socks from drifting into space i'd like to thank alicia hawthorne for gifting buzz socks I'd like to thank Buzz for saving Socks from being decommissioned from Star mm-hmm. Command. And I'd like to thank Ed for coming on the show. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. You're very welcome, guys. It was fun. Let's go Socks. All uh, right, guys. You have a good night. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. And to end the show, Dimitri. I feel like you're bringing me out from a little potty trick. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Do I'm, it. I'm Do your... it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that here? What's the organ grinder's monkey from me? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Does that, You're the one that, who's obsessed with that movie. Does, does that, is that applicable here? I don't really think so. What? We watched two things that brought that up. One Night in Miami also yes. brought it up. I was wondering if you were able to pull it, because I was like, ah, that, that's one of my favorite facts. And I, I was about to start singing, oh baby, I hear the blues <laughs> calling, but that's not how we end the show. That, oh no, it's the other one. Yeah, it's the other one. We're, we're real loosey-goosey. Yeah, you started so. singing more at the end. At the end of episodes, yeah, where yeah. you 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 take you take a lot of runway to the close because it's because <laughs> if if we're gonna get behind if we're gonna get behind in the weeds here, that's probably just because, <laughs> but but I. I, I, I I, I, I think it's good stuff for the audience. A little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> but but sometimes Grant will prompt me. Ooh. Great. 
Sometimes Grant will hey, prompt me. Hey, I me, took the poop beforehand, so I wouldn't keep farting. Right, I'm going to say it for the third time. One, sometimes Grant will prompt me for the, like, outro, but I hate being told what to do, so even in that tiny thing, I'm like, no. Sometimes I'll get in hissy fits of, like, no, you can't tell me to do the outro. I'll do it when I want to. So then I'll just actively not do the outro until I feel like doing and it. And it's already a thing you you want to be done with. <laughs> You're the only person stopping it. You want to be done with the background. like, do you want to end it? I was like, no, I'm going to fucking double it. So then, uh, so then I start singing, and he's like, fuck, okay, I guess I'll have to talk for two more minutes. But in honor of that, I wish you a good day and good.